Greetings, friends. Welcome back to the Film Alchemist podcast this month, brought to you by our sponsor, Manscaped. Friends, if your huevos look like George Burns with a beard, you are in serious need of a trim. Let Have us you ever pulled you. down your undies and just said, oh, God, <laughs> <laughs> then you need Manscaped. <laughs> The, the the devil of pubic hair has been uh, tainting us for too long, friends. We got to fight these these devil coarse hairs back to the, the underworld, guys. We got to take care of ourselves for those lovely angels in our lives. Indeed. Guys, <laughs> Manscaped has lots of great products. Uh, the Weed Whacker, which Griffey and I both use, which actually works very well. It's uh, completely submersible in water it has a nifty little light on there so you can see where you're doing so you don't nick yourself which you wouldn't anyways because i'll be honest this stuff is pretty safe it's pretty nice i like it a lot yeah that's the lawnmower that's, that's the lawnmower the, uh, sorry that's the, the weed the, I, I say yeah. weed whacker i meant lawnmower lawnmower yeah. 3.0 the if you weed want, whacker uh, your junk to have that uh, you want your junk to have that nice john denver haircut <laughs> that's the lawnmower that's the lawnmower. if you don't trim your nose hairs which you should mm -hmm. uh this is the most sanitary and effective way to do that. It's very comfortable, easy. Agreed. Spares you any possible infections that come from ripping them out like a savage. Do you think that's how God intended you to cleanse your hair? By just yanking it out by the cl clumps? No. Did not. That's horrible. Also, guys, if we can make a personal recommendation. Ball deodorant, great. Great. Ball toner, a mystery to all Why of not? us. But the manscaped underwear. Oh, my God. Yes. Uh, I know that God thinks he made a couple errors in the movie we're about to discuss. Manscaped underwear are not one of them. Not us. one of them at all. If you want to feel like your nuts are floating on a cloud in heaven, get Manscaped underwear. All of this stuff makes great Christmas gifts, great stocking stuffers, and even if it comes a little after Christmas, so what? your friends, your family, your loved ones will still thank you. They will thank you. Go to manscaped.com. Uh, so let make your selections, and then when you go to the checkout page, use our code FILM, F-I-L-M. You get 20% off and free shipping on your first order. Trust me, guys, it's worth it. Almost as worth it as getting fired from your grocery store job because you talk to God. <laughs> and you using our code lets them know we sent you helps this partnership with Manscaped grow strong. So, again, guys, use code FILM at checkout, 20% off. Free shipping, um, a gift this good. It doesn't matter if it's a couple days after Christmas. People will be calling you God. On to the show! Greetings, friends! Welcome back to the Film Alchemist Podcast, the show where we talk about movies we love. Break them apart to find out what gives them their magic. I'm your host, Josh Griffey, joined as always by my co-host and deity in a fishing cap, Alex Dandino. That's right, guys. Another stocking stuffer episode. But today, before we get started, a little business. Hopefully, you all listen to our God-inspired uh, Manscaped ad. 
Use code FILM at checkout for 20% off, free shipping. Let them know that we sent you. That helps us build this this uh, partnership. Please, please. Thank you. Uh, Your loved ones will be thanking us, you hairy devils, you. All right, guys. uh, If you're here with us, we hope you're enjoying your time. Please take a second. Leave us a five-star rating and a quick review, especially if you happen to listen on Apple Podcast app. It's a very simple gift that you can give to us here at the pod. Um, It means a lot to us. It helps us get some clout, man. So we find new audience members. Uh, We thank you in advance. Go to our YouTube channel, Film Alchemist. Make sure to subscribe. Lots of good stuff coming over there in the new year. Also, you can see video versions of this audio podcast. You can find us on all the social media you're on. Get at us, follow us, retweet, subscribe, share us, make stories with us. I don't know, whatever you kids are doing today to reach each other. Uh, We do that stuff, too. Great way to get a hold of us. We love interacting with you guys. Also, you can email the show, filmalchemistpod at gmail.com. With your suggestions for movies you'd like to hear covered, new, old, double features, themes for a whole month, Uh, especially guest hosts, man. We really want to have interesting guest hosts again. Uh, Last year was fantastic in the guest host arena. So we're trying to up our game this year and uh, talk to even more awesome movie-loving people. So, uh, yeah, filmalchemistpod at gmail.com for that. All right, enough business. Today, we are stuffing your stocking all month. Uh, Today, in particular, is from listener friend. I'm going to butcher the name. I'm going to say Howard Pirate. It sounds like it would have some kind of French pronunciation. Pirate. How's it Howard spelled? Pirate. P-I-E-R-A-T-T. Yeah, I'd go with pirate. Pirate. It just sounds badass. Yeah. Uh, Howard is a really nice guy. I met him through the Junk Food Cinema Patreon group, actually. Really nice guy. He sent us what I think is, without question, the most interesting submission we've ever had on the show in 100%. all of our listeners next month. I can guarantee you. I would say you, maybe this and the skin I live in. Yeah. Right? I can guarantee you that in the... If we did this show for, what would we say, 10 years? Like, if we did this show for a decade, we would literally have never covered this movie otherwise. Ever. I think maybe making it to 1,000 episodes, we may not have ever gotten to Howard's pick. Oh, God. Starring John Denver, George Burns, directed by the late, great Carl Reiner. Um, I'm going to be honest. I've never seen this movie before. It's kind of one of those things in pop culture. I knew who it was. You mm-hmm. knew the George Burns is God joke. You knew who John Denver was, probably from the Muppets if you're our age. Um, this movie is, uh, I think for lack of a better word, it just fascinated me. Yeah. It, the, the entire conceit of the film, the construction of the film, the, God, early 90s Sundance movie where people just sit around and talkness of the film. Uh but by the end, I had so totally been absorbed in the thesis of the film. It really worked for me and was way more entertaining than I had expected a handful of uh, minutes into the film. Alex, walk me through your initial thoughts on it. Oh, God! I also had never seen this movie. The only time I had ever noticed it was, um, for those of you who are too young to remember, we used to go to the video store. Um, yeah, video store. We used to go to video stores, and I remember constantly seeing this and the sequels on the shelves and going, why is George Burns just sitting there with a cigar looking out at me? Like, I never understood. what I didn't even venture to guess what the movie was about other than 
it being like a George Burns movie. And yeah, I was, I'll be honest, pleasantly surprised. There are things in it that obviously are weird and not really like for me necessarily, but I also think it's a really (laughs) interesting movie and it's a movie that, dare I say, kind of fits for the times right now almost. It has has an enduring message, I'll say that. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. It is funny watching it today, how much of it felt very present. Definitely, definitely. Um, It is funny, too. I think one of the weirdest miracles this movie performs is that it has two sequels. Yes. Uh, There's Oh God 2 and then Oh God 3, I think it's called You Devil or Oh You Devil. (laughs) Where George Burns is also the devil. I might actually have to watch the sequels. I... (laughs) Um, all right, let's let's dive in. This is weird too because essentially what we have to do, which is what the movie does, we're going to have to litigate the case against God as a creator. Yes. So if that offends you, this is coming from a place of this film. We're not trying to take any stances and hurt people's feelings. No. If God helps you get through your life and enjoy being here on this planet and it makes you a better person, hey man, you do that. You do anything that makes life bearable for you. Agreed. I'm, we're not trying to shitting on, shit on it, right? We are, specifically, we are specifically going to be litigating George Burns' version of God, right? Carl Reiner, George Burns, and John Denver's version of God. So hopefully we're not going to uh, upset any of you. But that's what this movie's about, man. So here we go. Alex, let's just start off the top. Casting John Denver... As the 70s savior of all mankind. I gotta tell you, I am not a John Denver fan in the slightest. My yeah. mother loves John Denver. Um, But I can tell you that it wasn't working for me. It, you know, it's, it's a musician being an actor, and John Denver is definitely not an actor first. He's a musician first. But he has this oddly endearing quality, doesn't he? This oddly folksy no pun intended that's, quality that's a way to put it i don't um, know i just it's <laughs> it's nearly it's kind of okay with me after about yeah. 20 minutes i'm not gonna lie he he works for me in the film right i and i think a lot of it is because i find him off-putting constantly right yes. there is it um, really takes his, me a minute his voice his mannerisms um there is a Dwight Schrutness to him, right? Assistant to the manager who just looks like that guy. He talks like yes, that guy. Absolutely. Um, it is truly baffling to me, right? The John Denverness, but there's a thing, right? It's weird too, because you're like, all right, mega rock star. I mean, I guess like folk rock, so not like cool rock star like Kiss uh-huh. or something, but you know, guy with the guitar, famous. The thought of him being cast as a a somewhat doofusy assistant manager seems like you couldn't have cast Elton John in this movie. You couldn't have cast, you know, Gene Simmons in this movie. No. So in a way there, it kind of shockingly works when I think it doesn't. Um, the scene that I was fucking dying laughing at is John Denver has that unfortunate seventies haircut where he just looks like the biggest douche. And uh, watching him with his uh, fucking mirror necklace, mirror necklace, cutting his own hair and just being hair. like, 
Yeah. And he just finishes and he's just like nailed it. And I was like, good Lord, the 70s were a wild, horrific time. No time machine should as ever be as, able to be said. As soon as he head. finished cutting his hair, he goes, oh, man, perfect. Like, I'm like, I'm just like, oh, nailed it. Wow. What a forgiving time the 70s was. People were like, listen, you look that you look great. Like, did you cut your own hair? Well, it looks it. It but looks not nice. only that he does that goes into bed, picks his nose and then just <laughs> rolls over on his wife's like. Did we make love last did we have, night? Like, did we make love the other night? Yeah. Maybe. And I was like, is that foreplay? I'd be like, oh, no, my husband's losing what little mind he has. <laughs> right? Like, oh, great. <laughs> He's already got the hair. That's unfortunate. Um, And this, this is kind of the... So the conceit of the movie is this guy, for some reason, amongst all men on Earth, gets picked to be the new messenger of God, right? And we see that he has some qualities, right? His wife does seem to enjoy his company. One of the weirdest things is the movie is that they just show us that they have kids like an hour into the movie and we never see him be a good dad. Yeah. The first time we see the kids is him being like, hey, I'm about to ruin our lives. Uh, let's have a family <laughs> talk. But we see him like standing up to the the district manager, right, about right. how he understands his customers. It's dishonest to, to lo well, lube up your your cukes i mean i'd go even further back like the opening sequence of the movie is literally just following john denver as the assistant manager at the grocery guy. store and him like just being a cool bro just being a helpful guy eating fritos and catching that lady who clearly stole a steak like those are the you know the moment that i think he actually proves that he's divine material is uh because that's when he gets the second interview right is when he walks into the back and this guy just behind like three boxes from the district manager is just fucking a, the bag boy is trying to fuck the cashier. And John Denver walks by and just goes, wash your hands. <laughs> and I was like, oh, that's a cool assistant manager. He's like, get your nut, but wash your hands. For the love of God, aim it at the cukes. They need oil. <laughs> you know? Right. Yeah. Yeah. So that's the moment he became. All right. He's not that bad. Right. No, I, I agree. I mean, again, it's he. I don't know what it is. Like John Denver just has that charm, man. He carries it through the movie. I, I do not think he's a particularly decent actor, but I do think that he is very charming and easy to watch. And that I think is really all you need from a guy who's supposed to be the messenger of God. I guess. I think one of the good things about John Denver in this though is the scenes when he's really good, right, or when he's showing childlike joy and wonder. When it rains in the car and he's like, oh, my God, and he doesn't flip out. He's not mad. He's he's legitimately just happy about it. I think in the moments where he looks at God with a twinkle in his eye and a smile, I think he's really good at that scene. Yeah. And I think by the end of the film, when he's kind of standing up and litigating the case, literally, yes. I think he manages to get a little better. I think the hardest part for John Denver to play is just like normal husband. Yeah, normal husband and father is very odd. It's very strange, yeah. Like that scene where he's going to yeah. pick up his kids from school and he like stops by and he's and I'm just like this feels very forced. Like John Denver doesn't need to like like it's okay. Like we 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 get it. He's he's married. Like I I got to say though, I think he's better than I thought he would be. I think he gives a really good performance in this movie. Not just passable, I think he's really good. I would say passable. Could you but... have done it with a, a much better actor? Sure. But I'm not sure that's the movie that they were making, right? Right. In a way, you almost just need to cast someone with that much charisma because I can only imagine that this movie was pretty controversial when it came out. 
I know this was uh, they had the famous article back then, God is dead or the famous book, right? Right. And that see, this seems like a retort to that. Um, <laughs> I think the other thing you have to talk about right off the bat is I love George Burns as God as an actor. I think if God is actually as he's portrayed in this movie, I think we have to burn it all down and start over. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, he's you, so bad at his job in this movie. You know, Mel Brooks was originally supposed to play God. See, he's almost too much. I think Mel Brooks. I actually is too think much. George Burns is a better choice. He's a comedy legend. Yes. Like, wait, like he was like an out of touch legend before we were even born, right? But he comes back and he's still got that like he's he's real good at the off the cuff snapbacks, right? So he kind of plays as this. The weird way the movie presents God in this, right, is that he is this. He comes to us and says, hey, I really want to be acknowledged again. I don't like that people say I'm cosmic gas. That hurts my feelings. Right. I want people to know it's okay. But I also don't want to do anything to help people. Right. So they kind of take on the bigot. There's this whole section of the film and it feels like it lasts 45 minutes. Where it is just them doing the Inception Ellen Page trick, right? Where it's John Denver or someone asking him a logic question. And then, like, George Burns' mental jujitsu in this movie is staggering. It's an amazing <laughs> array of just... It takes them 45 minutes to establish the information of the film. Right. Right? Why does he look like George Burns? Why can he talk through the radio but he can't record him? Why only john denver right and then at one point he just decides to manifest in physical form after he said not right <laughs> and so there's so many and it lasts forever but in a weird way it doesn't how like how does this movie get away with that much exposition and not collapse under the weight of that i mean i think it's it's the matter of where it's coming from like the key casting in this movie is not John Denver, but George Burns. Like, you're right. Like, I agree. He is the, like, it's the only way this movie functions properly. If it was any other actor, anybody else, it would not work. But because George Burns is George Burns, we all see him as a comedy legend. We all know who he is. And he has just has that very simple timber. Like, I also think that the thing that I like the most about this version of God in a movie is that he constantly comes up with, Oh yeah, that was a mistake. Oh yeah. I shouldn't have done that. Oh damn. I shouldn't have you done that. You know what? I fucking love that. By the way, I, I do too. fucking adore that. It's one of the best things they did in, the, cause they set it up. And this is the thing. I think you would argue that most of the time in this movie, God is infuriating at best <laughs> and it's really annoying and upsetting. Yes. But, I love the fact that the first thing we see from God is him admitting mistakes. Yeah. I think that's such a brilliant thing to crack at the start of this, right? That God is just this other being. And John Denver later reflects it back. It's one of those things you always hear in church. Because I don't know. I grew up super religious, right? Like, we were always going to church. It was very omnipresent in our life in small same, town Indiana. Same. Like, we're like a one stoplight town that has like eight churches. Like, that kind of a place, right? Um. The idea that, oh, we're created in God's image, but he's just fucking perfect and knows everything. I love the idea that when John Denver's like, why wouldn't he kind of come to us looking like us? Why wouldn't right. he have made mistakes? I thought that was 
it's it's a little thing, but it actually kind of warmed my heart. Yeah, you know, like that's kind of how I wish God had been presented to me as a younger kid, right? right? It's it's more engaging than just well, you uh, like the idea that he's Nova. God. It's like you like I like the idea that God sees himself like I like the idea that the infallibility of God comes strictly from man. God sees himself as pretty fallible. Like the scene that I keep thinking about, and the one that I probably thought was more one of the more entertaining scenes is when he comes to uh, John Ben Denver in the bathroom when he's taking a shower. He's like, God, are you here in the bathroom? He goes, yeah, come and take a look. And he goes, I can't. I'm naked. He goes, you think I don't know what you got? Like, that's like. <laughs> and he's like, why did I make shame? We don't need shame. Yeah, then, then he's like. <laughs> Which actually. I regret shame. We don't need shame. I'm like, I disagree. Shame Which, is needed all the yeah, time. Yeah, I was going to say, that was a moment I was like, oh, God really is still fallible because <laughs> I think we need more shame. Yeah, we need all the shame. I think if anything is fact. clear in 2020. Yeah, we need a dump truck load of shame. Yeah. This movie was made in 1977. God clearly did not pay attention to us from 1981 to 2020. Yeah. Hey, God, pop on Instagram hashtags for a minute. We need so much more shame. We need so shame. much shame. Yeah. <laughs> it would be such a delight to just have a little more shame in our lives. Uh, yeah, but that's the – this is the thing. So God's plan in this movie is – infuriating right <laughs> yes and his his plan and his logic never works once right and i think that's why you need john denver and george burns because they are truly delightful together they are and the charisma's there you kind of like god as your wisecracking snappy grandpa right like that really works i think that's how we all wish we could see him instead of the you know big like in aladdin when genie's like infinite cosmic power like that's how i think we all think god is right and he's just like yeah i'm just a dude man i i hear everything sometimes i listen right like he really is the the kind of fucking shitty derelict father yeah and i think that's the hardest and this is the thing right it, it pisses me off but i think it really works because this movie is not an assault on the god is dead book and article in a sense that we're going to prove that God does exist. No. What I think the movie is asking us to think about is, could God exist if we accept that, yeah, it's not perfect, man. There are flaws. Like when he says, yes. one of the more interesting bits in the script, right, is he's like, well, why do you allow all this suffering? It's it's one of the classic, like if you're a religious kid and you're trying to break away from it with your parents, you've had that repartee, right? Right. And what, what he said, what God said was actually pretty interesting to me, which is like, I don't allow that suffering. You guys do. And I was like, that's kind of a fucking cop out. That means that for some of us, we are less than and we are meant to suffer. Right. Like we don't allow child cancer. Right. God, like right. that's you. Right. I wanted John Denver to get in his face about it. But it's still an interesting idea that the movie's saying, what if there is this God? He's your shitty dad who doesn't pay child support and this and that, but he still wants you to love him the most. Right. Uh, you know, and he admits he's not perfect and he does make mistakes. But, hey, when you're in his presence, because this is the John Denver in this movie is not whatever his name is. Right. He's Job. Yeah. No, he's jo it, he's Job. He's Moses. Yeah. He's all these people. Like, he has to deliver <laughs> a message like he even says, like he even says in the beginning of the movie, he goes, I mean, but Moses at least had tablets. He goes, yeah, but he had a bad memory. That's like the whole reason I had to write it down, <laughs> yeah. which is clever and cute, but it, it goes to the point of like, this is the same story. Oh, like this is not the last, this is not the first time God sent a messenger. 
it's just the first time God sent right. a messenger in the 20th century during the advent of radio, television, and news. Like, it's a bigger deal. But, like, I like that John Denver asks all these great questions that we all have all the time. And we'll get to that scene later on, too. But I liked that there's a – I wrote it down, too. And there's this the um, thing he says, because in regards to the pain and suffering concept, later on in the movie he says, I want to say to everyone that everything – I think it might be the end of the movie for all I know is I want to say to everyone that everything around them that they can see and smell and feel in here, they should delight in all of this. That what is here is some of my very best ideas. And I want everyone to try very hard to make sure it doesn't all go down the drain. So in a way, it's said through George Burns's voice, so it sounds a little better. But again, a little bit of a cop-out. You're like, again, I shouldn't have to delight in, yeah, children getting cancer or like, you know, yeah. pandemics. Slavery slavery right? like, yeah i mean you could say that's us god but you could just tweak a tiny little switch yeah, you can, again it's just a it little bit more shame yeah. and we'd be fine and also it gets back to this thing too it's like yeah i get it you gave us the planet right that's like your dad who you haven't seen in six years he's like i bought you a car and you're like it had no wheels or an engine and the <laughs> seat had a fucking knife in it that was a weird choice right but george burns is just a shitty dad who's you know I gave you the planet and some pretty cool stuff. And it's like, if we have to be nice to each other and suffer childhood cancer and slavery and all these other sins, uh, and you don't want to help and you only choose to work with an assistant to the regional manager, um, why do we worship you? Like, why are we sending that upwards instead of like, hey, guy who cured childhood cancer, you're God now. I'll worship you a little bit, right? Good for you. <laughs> right. Um, I think God in this movie deserves zero of my fucks he deserves zero because <laughs> his his whole mission i'll tell you the scene that made me hate god the most in this movie because by the end he kind of had me back a little bit but uh, uh the scene when uh he goes on the the dina show or the dinosaur show yeah dinosaur show yeah and uh <laughs> he gets in he's like shitty with john denver about oh why'd you do that bit it's like, or what are you, a fucking segment producer, God? Like, you chose him and told him to get press. You knew he was backstage at that show. Why didn't you, like, show up in the dressing room and be like, hey, uh, let's not do that sketch thing. Right, right. Let's not. Let's not. Like, God bitching at him after yeah. not. God getting upset that he goes on <laughs> TV. It's crazy. like, that's how people get exposed now, God. Yeah. I mean, and this is the thing. It's a brilliant conceit in that. We've had this discussion. Like, right now in the world, there's a guy who claims he... I, I bet there's a ton of them, but I read an article about a guy who claims he's the second coming of Jesus. And he has thousands of followers, right? Just because he's like a fucking potato face with long, straight brown <laughs> hair and a robe. Weird, like, that people buy that, but they do. Right. And I think one of the things that the movie gets really well is how desperately we all want to believe in God without actually believing in God, right? Because... I think one of the best relationships in the movie is John Denver and his wife, right? Yeah. Because when he comes home and he's like, I'm not even fucking religious. You believe in this stuff. And I think her exact line is, uh, I believe in God. I just don't believe he exists. And that was such a fucking brilliant observation, right? Because I think right. a lot of people want to believe in the idea that there's a God out there and it matters. And I'm a good person, so of course I'll get rewarded. Right. But then if someone's like, hey, um, your husband's going to lose his assistant to the regional manager job. You're going to be pariahs. Your kids are going to be mocked. Your family's going to be torn apart at the seams. 
Um, but you know, you're you're helping spread the word of the God you claim to believe. And I think most people are like, eh, pass. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know? I mean And I think that's that's a really hard truth that this movie just absolutely nails. Yeah, I, I mean I agree. It's it's the hardest thing about you know, all all people, especially I mean, all people in the Bible who've had to speak for God, shit, Jesus had got crucified for doing it. Like everybody yeah. who speaks for God kind of hates the job. Like it's it seems pretty fucking one sided and shit. Like it's terrible. <laughs> like I mean, if you read in the history of in actually not even the Bible, like in the history of existence, like people who have said claimed, yeah. "Hey, I spoke to God and he told they told me to do this." It's like Okay, well, let's see. We're either going to crucify you, burn you at the stake. I don't know. Like, list any other thing. Like, fucking Joan of Arc was literally a martyred hero because she claimed she spoke to God. This is a big deal. Like, being able to speak to God is more than just like, oh, he's telling me things to tell everyone. It's that you are in, like, it's less about I have the knowledge and more about why is this the one? Why is he the one chosen? And I think no character has a better no better no character better embodies that like human jealousy of like the jealousy of being not chosen and feeling like you should be than Paul Sorvino's character like Paul Sorvino Paul Sorvino's character is a great example like that's like he's the physical representation of just the overall over sanctity of certain like of certain aspects of religion but like the jealousy humans have of like oh man if god was going to speak to anyone he should speak to me because i spend all this time believing in god and preaching his and giving out his word like that's the kind of thing that i think is the most that's one of those things i like the most about the movie is everyone who believes john denver is speaking to god uh is sort of jealous of him in that he has this direct line it's 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 interesting to well, imagine believing in God, believing that he's going to come back, this, that, and the other. And then when someone claims that he does, you don't really want to hear it. You want to mock them. You want to laugh at them. Right, right. It it does feel like if Jesus came back and he's like, what's up, y'all? I'm back. They'd be like, get the fuck out of here. Don't hang out with that guy. He sucks. Like, that's what would happen today. Jesus would have like 10 followers on Instagram and be like, please, please believe. <laughs> He would turn to the dark side, you know, he'd be a Palpatine. No, it's like, <laughs> but that's, it, it feels very accurate to today. Like no one, how can that be the basis of your life? Right. You want to deny people rights in voting booths and you want everything to be based on these biblical interpretations back when people, uh, you know, shit right next to where they ate their fucking pita breads and shit. Right. That's the life you want. But when someone comes back and says, Hark, I hath returned, you'd be like, fuck that guy. Because right. I don't want to stop my behavior, right? Well, you don't want to stop. It. You don't want to stop. This your might behavior, be a bit, but I think it goes no, deeper. No, you do, because this is what they say, right? Why do the why do these Christian people so absolutely want to fight about the rights of fetuses and not, you know, death sentences or starving kids or kids that need to flee harm? Because in the womb, they're faceless entities, right? They're they're people that you don't have to actually deal with them, right? You can fight on the greater 
cosmic scale that that is just an injustice. Whereas, you know, when you see a little girl at the border, that's fucking heartbreaking. And you got to deal with that in real fucking life. Like, that's something that's right in your face. And they're like, oh, that's sticky and dirty. I don't like that. I'll go back to the other. And getting back to the Paul uh, Sorvino character, that's exactly what it is, which is if we just have enough pomp and circumstance, if we just show up and sit here and that is by far the greatest scene in the film, right? It's when John did. So God does the 50 answer questionnaire, right? Which I'm like, they're in snarky retorts. Like, I can't believe this would sway anyone. You kind of feel like he's setting John Denver up for another failure, which seems to be their, their MO. Yeah. Oh no. Hardcore. He's like, take these back to him and tell him he's a piece of shit. Yeah. And stop saying my words. He goes in. God goes in on him. Yeah. Which again gets back to the God. You can. That guy has a massive audience. What if you just George just burns your way there. into his office? Yeah. Ebenezer Scrooge him and be like, hey, bitch. Do it right. Do it yeah. right. But when Paul Servino's just saying nonsense platitudes about what love is. And he gets to he's like the real love is, you know, giving this money, the tithing. God knows what's in your pocket. Right. And watch John Denver just watching the cult-like call and response and all the money going in the basket and everyone coming up to talk to Paul Serino in that small moment, too, when the guy's, like, on the, the walker and he's like, all right, move along now, move along now, like, rushing the guy who's crippled. It's such a powerful scene. And John Denver and him kind of fighting over the mic, trying to wrestle it from each other. And John Denver just literally getting dragged to the floor, screaming as people jeer at him. Right. The actual messenger of God being shouted down in this fucking house of money. I mean, isn't it's it? It's a powerhouse scene, man. When we live in a world where absolute criminals like Joel Osteen have billions of dollars. And if you're a man of God who has billions of dollars, you're a fucking criminal. Yes. And if you're paying him, you don't understand the stories of these books. And I thought that was, I mean, that's just a powerful cinematic image it's unbelievable i mean and it's again i I think the thing i like the most about this movie and i never would have seen it otherwise so again thank you for the pick is that it is like a really good it is a really good reinterpretation of the story of the person who of the story of the person who brings god's word to the people and i like that it's it's it takes place i mean Again, can you imagine someone going on? Like, if someone went on television now, A, they'd be booked on Fox News if they said this. And I also believe that they probably would be, like, buried in a segment somewhere. No one would ever listen to them. And, I mean, like... Half of people would hear about it. The other half wouldn't. (laughs) Right. I mean, it would show up on Twitter the next day and be like, oh, look at this loon and that kind of thing. Like, there's a level of... There's a level of cynicism that runs through this movie that I like a lot because it's counteracted by George Burns, who is like cynical in his own right as God, but also very optimistic. Like, again, it's the thing we I'm bringing. I'm going to go back to this again. It's the thing about saying like, oh, that was a mistake. Eh, That wasn't a great idea. That was also kind of a mistake. Like the fact that a God would be willing to admit that and fess up to fucking up a little bit makes swallowing the fact that he's a that a god exists that much more palatable to me i like that very much there again there's just kind of a paradox at the heart of the film though which this is a movie that seemingly hates religion right seemingly hates people that believe in these things right like when he comes back from the the you know heavenly cab or whatever right and he walks up there's like a preacher there's all this guy with the signs 
there's a woman who's like slinging pussy for the Lord. Yes. Oh my she's God. Just like, she's you know, like, let me ride, let me ride your, your golden, golden staff. staff. God said it. Oh, so <laughs> weird. I was like, what church was that? Like, I wish we would have gone there when I was younger. Good Lord. Those lockins would have been lit. <laughs> but you're just like, what is happening? So the movie has this super cynical. All the people that should care about this message don't. All the people that do are shown in a bad light. John Denver doesn't believe. His own wife doesn't believe. His right. kids mock him. Right. Like even the wisdom of babes say this is crazy shit. So it is this weird. The movie's <laughs> asking for a God who's derelict in his duties at best, <laughs> who just wants all of the adulation because he kind of kicked the ball rolling down the hill, but has done jack shit to help us throughout, except for pick Dwight Schrute to be the new savior. And then we meet, you know, the college of priests and they don't do a good job. The legal system fucks up, which by the and way, this again, is the most cynical thing Donald that Pleasance, I nice believe. to see him again. Yeah, Donald Pleasant's just not even utilized. I was like, the fact that he wasn't the fucking Paul Sorvino is so good in this movie. Don't get me wrong, but that is a Donald Pleasant's role. That is a Donald Pleasant's role. That is a evil. Yeah, evil. It's evil. And then John Denver puts on the mask. That would have been a cool. But no, imagine that's how fucking cynical this movie is, right? So John Denver does everything right. The legal system says, yeah, we definitely saw the fucking charade of magic in there the miracling we can't admit this happened john denver gets fired he's driving he stops by a payphone and he's just like well i lost my job we're about to have no house and food my wife and kids think i'm a disgrace i'm a fucking totally beaten fraudulent man and god's just like yeah maybe i'll talk to you someday fuck off and just walks off on a safari the movie ends with john denver his family life shattered He's unemployed, and we are just supposed to believe that a God who has abused him worse than rabies did to old Yeller is going to somehow make this okay on the back end. Now, I haven't seen the right? sequel, but do you think... What the fuck? I haven't seen the sequel, but do you think it starts with him going, boy, that Jerry thing, that was a mistake. I should have been nicer to that guy. Do you think it starts there? I feel there? like the spiritual sequel to this movie is The Jerk. Where it's just John Denver sitting there. I was born a poor savior of man. And then he's just like going through life just being abused at every station in his life. Because apparently the one thing that God does do when he actually shows up to help our kind is torture the fuck out of someone. Someone, If you go back there, I am an, an avid reader of horror. Right. I love everything horror. I love the imagery. I love the stories, the concepts. There has never been a story I've ever read that is more terrifying than the story of Job, right? That just on a fucking wager to prove that he will love him so much, what God does to Job was the moment I knew I couldn't be a Christian anymore. Because I'm like, if that's what it takes, I don't got it, right? Like, right. I don't want to go blind. I don't want you to murder my family by dropping my house on them. I'm not putting up with any of that shit. That is, if that happened in a Lifetime movie... You would expect that woman to kill her abusive husband at the end of that movie, right? It's horrifying. And that is the path that John Denver is on. His life is in absolute ruins. And I think what God even said, right, is that I think Jerry says, my whole life is going to be destroyed. And God says, a life for a whole world, not a bad bargain. (laughs) 
To who? God, to who? God, you got to be a little cooler than that. Don't just say like, oh, well, yeah, but you have a really important mission. I'm like, yeah, but he also has a family and two kids. He's going to have to eat at some point during this mission. Well, that's the same thing as Amazon putting out those fucking dickhead, hey, essential work. You guys are essential Amazon drivers. We love you. We won't give you raises. We won't give you safe working environments. Uh, We'll work you to the bone. But- we love you. We love you. You know, like, don't be a dick. Yeah. Just don't make right. it worse by life. Like, here's a great example. So John Denver's family's imploding. He has the meeting. Hey, kids, who we just met an hour into the movie, I'm going to ruin your lives. You won't even get in a car with me in public because I suck so much now in the public's eye. Um, George Burns is like, I can't talk to anyone else. I only talk to you. And then he just fucking limps his ass into the courtroom. And does a fucking Siegfried and Royd show for a whole courtroom. Does a couple of card tricks and walks out. But he won't come to the family out. meeting. He literally can't come in and be like, hey, guys, I'm about to fuck up your whole shit. I know you were a pretty loving family before. Um, that's over because I am going to human centipede your father emotionally in front of the world. <laughs> um, but, you know, hey, I'll go see all those uh, fucking slack-jawed observers in the courtroom. They can see my slot of hand. Like, what? <laughs> it's... But that's the cool th- – I'll tell you this. What the movie does really well is it somewhat builds all this in. The, it, the more mad that God makes you, the more that the conceit of the film feels real to me. Imagine the right. movie if it ended and now Jerry's a millionaire and everything's good and everyone's holding hands and the world's a better place. That seems like horseshit. We don't buy that. Right. In a weird way, this the flaws of this movie and of this God make it – one of the most believable films on religion I've ever seen. Yeah. I mean, to me, this movie ranks along with like dogma as a movie that I like, I like watching because of the religious context it has, because yeah, again, those are the kinds of movies that I like watching regarding religion because they answer questions that I think are very difficult to answer for everyone. Like here's the thing when that scene that scene where he's answering questions that the um, world religious leaders gave him. That's a great scene in a movie. And I think it's a really important scene for a movie about some man speaking with God, because none of the answers that he gives him are facetiously terrible. Like they're hard questions to answer, especially like if you extrapolate, if you like pull yourself out of this for a second and say like, this is a movie written by someone based on a book where someone has to admit, like, how does someone answer questions that literally someone who created the universe is supposed to answer? How do you decide the, how do you determine the way to answer those kinds of things? And while, like, they are, like, kind of, like, open-ended sort of glib answers for a deity, again, this is the casting of George Burns. Like, coming from George Burns, they seem nearly prophetic in a lot of ways. Like, the one that I always thought about was the one where he was like, "What are the which of the world's religions is closest to the divine truth?" And he says, "The divine truth is not in a building or a book or a story. Put down the heart is the temple uh, where all truth yeah. resides." Like that yeah. is a platitude that I think in general everyone would be like, "Hmm, that seems pretty convenient, doesn't it?" But like, it's got to be true. Like, there's got to be a lot of truth to it. And I think that's the thing I like the most about this movie is that at no point do I feel like someone's pulling my leg. And, like, I was raised religious. My mother my mother took us – my mom and dad took us to church. Like, I'm a confirmed Catholic. 
and I'm very bad at it. But I can tell you that like <laughs> the answers that God has in this movie while he's an infuriating deity are all reasonably psychologically satisfying for being a movie about a John Denver talking to God. And they shouldn't be. Yeah, well, I think what it does, right? Yeah, I mean, I agree. But what it does is it also illustrates like the the, you know, commune of the college men of the cloth, whatever the fuck that was. Right. Right. Yeah. It, it really illustrates the you know, when God's just like, I don't do religion. Right. It's so funny. My Nana used to say that. Right. And she was like a hotline psychic. She believed in all kinds of spiritual sh- anything spiritual she was into. And they used to always give right. her shit like, oh, you, how are you Christian? You don't go to church. Like, I can talk to God on my couch having a cigarette. Like, what are you fucking talking? And I always thought that was like such a great answer. Like, if this guy's real, why the fuck do I need to sit in the fancy window place? Like, you know, I can right, watch my exactly. cartoons and still do my business. Right. Like, he knows. He knows what's in my heart already. Right. And so but- there is a thing by it, it kind of illustrates how overly convoluted the religions have made it. Right. I think Paul Servino's line, he gets so mad. When he's like, I'm giving the convocation at the Super Bowl. And he's like, well, God is this, right? And he's like, don't tell us the role of the deity in all of this. And it's like the messenger right, of God being right. told, hey, fuck off. That's not how we see it, right? Like when Upton Sinclair, you know, went to a college to discuss the jungle. And the students were like, that's not what your book's about. And he's like, all right, fuck me. And he walked out. He's like, that's your book right. now, right? Like, I just wrote it. It doesn't matter. You'll interpret it how you want. Fuck me. And in a way, that's kind of the... The, the brilliant thing about George Burns in this movie is that this is a movie created by a lot of great comedic minds. And so God is played as the, you know, seen it all road worn comic who just kind of retorts with everything like this shit should be obvious. Like you guys try so hard right. to make it more difficult than it should be. How is this not right, right there for you in the the uh, the the comedic minds behind it? make that work so effectively right right because every time he snaps back he's like duh and you're like that's not enough for me but by the end of the movie you feel like it's a you problem and not a god problem it's it's really well i think that's the thing well and that's a really fascinating thing too and i think that is the conceit of the movie which is like god is god the concept of god the concept of a divine spirit trying to guide us in our quest to be a better human lives in all of us it's the free will of it's the free will bestowed upon us and i think that's the thing i like that is the thing i like the most about the message of god in this movie is it's not overtly religious it's not overtly anything it's just simple truths about life like yeah if you want to do something you need to work hard for it like not everything yeah. can be the snap of your fingers. I mean, again, and I think that goes to like, it goes a lot to like how he interacts with John Denver throughout the movie too. I like that while it is very infuriating because God could easily solve John Denver's problems very quickly. It also goes literally against everything that God in this movie actually keeps bringing up, which is like, you're going to have to take care of it yourself. Yeah. As he just completely fucking decimates John Denver's life. God in this movie is the fucking asteroid from Armageddon. And he forgot to create a Bruce Willie to go blow that shit up and just let John Denver be obliterated like the dinosaurs. Um, <laughs> yeah, no, God's full of shit in this movie. And what I like yeah. about it is that God somewhat knows. He's like, I don't know how this is going to turn out. He even, I think he I says, he's like, uh, 
you're Johnny Appleseed, and I gave you some damn good seeds, right? And I was like, right. that's cool. Maybe he can use those to feed his soon-to-be homeless family. <laughs> um, but it is. That's what I mean. The movie is just rife with contradiction, right? On the one hand, you love God. You're like, yeah, that makes sense. Um, you feel bad for John Denver, but you're like, wow, that's kind of cool that he gets to talk. Like, at the end, John Denver smiles, right? This fucking rube smile. This man is about to be homeless. Uh, it reminded <laughs> me, I just watched a, Christmas, a Muppet Christmas Carol with my kids. And the oh, scene yeah. when, uh, you know, Cratchit's, like, sitting there with his fucking crippled son who's about to die and his wife, and they have these fucking meager scraps, and they're like, we should thank Mr. Scrooge because he gives me a couple coins. And Miss Piggy's like, fuck Mr. Scrooge. And I was like, yeah, fuck Mr. Scrooge. And in a way, that's kind of how you feel at times in this movie. But I think this movie really captures a pretty honest portrait of how we interact with God. I think a lot of us want to believe there's someone out there, right? Whether there is or isn't, it's horrifying either way. Uh, I think a lot of people base a ton of their life on God without actually thinking about what that should mean. And yes. putting into actual effect what he wants. And I think a lot of us spend a lot of time arguing about what a god would even want. And so I think this movie kind of captures all of the muddiness of that. And the 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 foundation of these brilliant comedians make it work. And I think what you said, too, is this is a very cynical movie. But it's played so earnestly that it's not. It's not trying to hurt anyone who disagrees with it. No. You know, it's just talking it out, man, like we all do. Uh, yeah, I mean, I think that's the thing that makes it so... That's the thing that makes it maybe one of the better religious movies in general is that it's about... God does not... God does... Like, I, like God's constantly... The people ask him like about miracles. Like, early on in the movie, John Denver asked him about miracles. He's like, last miracle I performed was the 1969 Mets. And then before that was the Red Sea. He's like, yeah. I don't do miracles. You guys do you guys are the ones who do the miracles. And I think that's really interesting. And I like that. I like the notion. Again, we pretty much get through the whole movie and we realize God is pretty much like Uatu, the watcher. He like only interferes yeah. when it seems like a good idea. But other than yeah. that, he literally just steps back and just watches the whole thing play out. And I think that yeah. that's sort of an interesting thing because it makes God more palatable for everybody in the sense that God really is right. just us and our free will. But again, well, especially Americans hate anyone, including God who takes away their freedoms. Woo! So like the idea that God's like, Hey man, it's on you. I think that really works for Americans, right? We don't like the, like it's all preordained and it'll be what it'll right, be. Right. Yeah. No, I've always we're hated not, that about not, religion, right? We're not manifesting. Yeah. And I like when he types. says that too. He's like, I don't know the future. I know the future when it's one second in the past. And you're like, that's not the future, God. You little fucking cock. Um, actually, there was a scene, though, that really choked me up. And it kind of summed the movie up, right? Is uh, God just takes over the courtroom. He does his little sleight of hand, right? Like he was at the Magic Castle before that shit uh -huh. just exploded over there. Whoops-a-daisy. Um... <laughs> so god's doing is uh you know siegfried and Royd and john denver's the tiger who's about to get eaten weirdly <laughs> enough so he's he's doing his whole routine and he disappears right he becomes the disembodied voice right and god says uh you know a lot of you find it hard to believe in me maybe it would help if you knew i believed in you 
Oh yeah, um, that one got me too. And again, that 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 line in that moment, I got choked up. I was like, "Fuck, I love that." Again, yeah. there is a backdrop of human carnage and wreckage in the life of uh, the Denver family. <laughs> right, that's unacceptable. The court hasn't changed. You feel like none of this has mattered that much, right? But in a way, that's kind of the microcosm of the movie. It's a s- kind of silly plan. Like God did all this just to have that moment with those twenty people, and it won't be acknowledged, but. Maybe some people, but again, it, it it's a perfect microcosm of why this movie works. Yes. Because hearing George Burns say that and seeing John Denver smile and the idea behind that, you know, if there is something out there, it wants us to be better and succeed. Whether that's true or not, it fucking felt good. It does. <laughs> you know? I mean, I think that's really the thing did. is like it gives you the warm fuzzies because – I like that answer. Like, I like the idea that I love that answer of like, just because you don't believe if it bothers you or if you feel like I don't believe if you don't, if you feel like you don't believe in me, I do believe in you. Like that to me yeah. is the kind of thing that a deity should do is like believe in the people that believe in him and or them, I guess. Yeah. It's, it's definitely, it's a, it's a good message to end on for sure. Yeah. And I'm not going to lie when I turned this movie on. About one and a half minutes in, I was like, this is going to hurt my mind. I'm going to hate this movie so much. <laughs> and I I think it's a fascinating piece of work. And I think by I the think time so, you get to Paul Sorvino's congregation, there is mm-hmm. some masterful filmmaking that occurs in this movie. Yeah, and I was think, pretty... again, a lot of movies tackle these big questions. And this one just lands so much more than lands movies very that well. try to be headier. You know what I mean? Yeah. It, it really is a fascinating film. I enjoyed it quite a bit. I did too. I uh yeah, I um I was definitely at the point where he was cutting his own hair and I'm like, I don't know if I'm gonna make it through this movie. <laughs> I had the, that moment when he picked his nose in yeah. bed and then like th- tried to throw it in the trash can. I'm like, This guy is such a loser, I hate it. Like I tried I to throw it in the trash can and then he leaned over and goes, Hey, did we fook? Cause I'd like to. Yeah, I just felt not into it, but yeah, it it won me back, man. It proved its existence and power to me. All right. Thank you, Howard Pirate. 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 I'm so sorry. I don't know how to pronounce words, Uh, but Howard Pirate's a pretty badass name, man. Thank you, Captain, for your selection. Um, This is why we do listener selections, because there's a ton of movies that aren't in our uh, purview that we would just miss, man. And this was a fascinating movie. So this is the prime example of why we do these. I thank you so much, uh, Howard. Uh, good dude that I met through Junk Food Cinema. You should check them out too. Really good guys over there. Um, I hope, Again, last minute gifts. Manscaped.com. Use code film at checkout for 20% off and free shipping. Please. So they know we sent you. Uh, you and your loved ones will thank us. Uh, Follow our YouTube channel. Subscribe over there, Film Alchemist, on YouTube. Please take a second and leave us a rating and review wherever you find the show, especially Apple Podcast app. Follow us and uh, share stories with us. Tweet at us, all the socials. We've got them. You've got them. Let's meet up. Email the show, filmalchemistpod at gmail.com. If you want to get in touch with us and let us know what kind of stuff you would like to hear so you can be at the cutting edge of the next listener selection month. Um Thank you, as always, guys. Thanks again one more time to Howard. Not you, John Denver. Not you, God. Carl Reiner, you're cool. (laughs) Uh, Up next, 
<laughs> Tune in tomorrow for our Christmas movie special. Uh, a holiday treat for you as uh, another gift under your trees as you were and in your stockings. Uh, from us here at the Film Alchemist, your dear friends. Bye. Bye.